developing an idea is never an easy thing to do. Whether it's something that just popped into your head, or something you've been thinking about starting for a long time, it's never too late to start your own business. Welcome to The Shift, an entrepreneur talk show produced at Ontario's Durham College by student entrepreneurs from both Enactus and Fast Start. We're here to help you get your dream business started. On today's episode, we're talking trash. Trash turned into high-end art, that is. Our guest today is Jasmine Wetchman, a welder and an artist who's turned everything from battered old musical instruments to rusty saws into beautifully welded and plasma-cutted work. Jasmine is the founder and owner of Jasmine Richman Art and Soul on Fire Metal Art, a profitable and environmentally sustainable business she started as a student. She's a graduate of Durham College's Entrepreneurship and Small Business Program and joins me now. Hi, Jasmine. Hi. So question number one, to start, can you tell me a little bit about yourself and how did you get involved with welding and plasma cutting and what led you to create your business? So my name's Jasmine Rutschman. I'm a metal artist. What got me to get involved with welding and plasma cutting was because my dad is a welder. So he showed me how to use all of the tools in his workshop and I would go out there and practice and experiment with them and one day I asked him if he thought that I could make some artwork and he said, yeah, for sure. And I had a butterfly that I wanted to make out of steel and he walked through the process with me to create my first piece that I was going to give as a gift. So that's how I got started in the business. I remember my youngest memory as a child is being in his workshop and him running over to me and picking me up and yelling, don't look at the blue light, don't look at the blue light, because I would have got flash, which is like a sunburn to your eyes, which is pretty bad. That was my first memory. So I know from a very young age, I remember being out in the workshop and exposed to that environment. So it was natural for me to evolve into that and, and go out to the workshop and start working myself. And for the question of what led me to create my business, that started in high school when I was showing my business teacher some of my artwork And he asked me if I've ever thought about selling any of it. And at that time, I hadn't. (laughs) So he introduced me to what was called Building Youth Capacity. And they helped me to develop a business plan and went through my financials. And I entered into a pitch competition where I won some funding towards my business. And then I got into summer company as well. And I ran my business through the summer in my grade 12 high school year. And... It made me choose where I wanted to go to school, which was Durham College for small business and entrepreneurship. So I wanted to combine art and business and I graduated from that program and then I've been running my business full time. Wow, that's awesome. So I guess the next question I have is what were the two roles or I guess your two biggest mentors in this? And I'm assuming one is your father, but I guess the other one would be the teacher that kind of brought about the idea of creating a business for you, correct? Yes, I love I love that you're bringing this up. I really find that one person can make the biggest difference in your life because 
it just takes one person to notice something you hadn't noticed or think about something you hadn't thought about before and tell you it. And if you're open to receiving that message, you can all of a sudden see a ton of different opportunities coming your way. That's what happened with Mr. Bailey, my high school teacher at Port Perry High School. He was the one who first saw my artwork and said, this could be a business. Have you considered writing a business plan or selling your work and got me started on that path? And without the influence of him, I wouldn't be where I am today because it took one person seeing potential in me and connecting me with the right people. I think that's a really valuable skill for people to have, especially entrepreneurs who are just starting out, networking and meeting as many people as you can and telling them about your business idea because you just don't know who they know <laughs> and who the next person could set you up and change your future. You just don't know. So I always keep an open mind and an open heart, I would say, to go going into any situation. For those that don't know, can you tell us about your business and the process you take when creating your art and products? I love using reclaimed material as much as I possibly can because it's better for the environment. I save so much steel from going into the scrapyard or to landfills. There's been so many materials that have been brought to me that I transform and give them a second life and even instruments that I would give a second win to. <laughs> the process starts with finding my material that I'm going to work with. Whether it be an oil drum or a wheelbarrow or a shovel or a saw or a paint can, I find it and then I will draw my design out by hand. I don't use any stencils, everything is my own designs. And then I physically draw it onto the material and then I take a handheld plasma cutter, so not a CNC machine, a handheld plasma cutter to my material and cut out my design. And then I'll finish the piece by grinding it or cleaning it off and painting it or clear coating it, whatever it needs for that specific item or piece that, that I'm working on. We've talked about this outside of the show, uh, but you mentioned uh, your next, your sorry, your last project was essentially a bunch of saws. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your next big project? I think it was the oil drum you mentioned getting your hands on. Yeah, I have so many big projects in my head and ideas, but my next big one will be a, a large torpedo propane tank that I'll be cutting into. I want to cut the ends of it off and then create a really intricate design around it. Um, so that will be my next big project that I'm working on. That's awesome. And I also love the fact that, again, you secure recycled metal, essentially, and find new uses for it. And I'm guessing uh, this can kind of go back to how you got started with welding. So I'm, I'm sure your dad started you off with the scrap pieces in the shop when learning how to weld and cut. Yes, yeah, so that's a, a question I get asked all the time is, how did you come up with the idea to use reclaimed materials? And to be honest, it was when I first started, my dad told me, hey you're not using new material that's too expensive go to the scrap bin and pick from there so when i did that i started picking up pieces of scrap metal and cutting into them but i had people coming by the shop who just happened to be there 
and were acknowledging and saying they loved how cool it was that it was an old saw or an old paint can that I'd taken and cut up and given a second life to. So people were instantly attracted to the reclaimed aspect and I started thinking more about it and loving the fact that I could do something better for the environment by taking these reclaimed materials. And then I just started to incorporate that into my business plan and decided to focus on reclaimed materials as much as I possibly could. Now that's not to say I don't ever use new materials. I have a lot of custom work and customers who they have specific ideas or pieces that I have to make that I do have to use new steel for. But in my own work, whenever I can, I use reclaimed. It's, it's one of my favorite things when someone comes up to me and they look at a saw and they see my art and they're like, oh, that's a really cool moose. That's a, an amazing deer. And then they're like, that's an old saw. So it clicks to them. It's almost like a secondary thing. They're so encaptured by the artwork and then they realize what it's on. That's one of my favorite things. That's awesome. With reusing old materials and old objects, do you find typically that because it's aged metal, and someone's old saw or old instrument, do you find that there's kind of like an extra layer of texture and story added to that piece when you work on it? Definitely. I, I always say each saw has its own character and its own story to tell. And I love getting material given to me because you just don't know where it has been and the life it's lived on its own. I love that idea that it's, it's come full circle and it's able to be turned into artwork and then admired on someone's wall or admired in whatever way that someone wants to display it after. For me, that's very interesting. And while we're talking uh, kind of about the materials, this kind of leads into our next question which is uh, where and how do you get materials to use in your art slash business? So you already mentioned you purchase uh, new metal for certain commissions that require it, but how do you usually get these like old saws and old materials that you use in your art? Anywhere and everywhere <laughs> is, is the common response to that. But I have so many amazing customers who bring me old saws or will give me 20 old saws or four old saws i'll come home and i'll find material on my steps um, of shovels or whatever it may be a lot of donations have come in because people have have these objects these metal objects they don't necessarily want to throw out but they don't know what to do with so they bring them to me and then i create the turn them into artwork and i have uh, people who go to auctions and keep eye keep an eye out for me but I try to stay away from buying the material because I find it's more, it's more for me, it's the reclaimed aspect, right? It's the salvaging part that I, I really get excited about because I'm taking something that would have been destined for nothing <laughs> and giving it a second chance and, and a second opportunity to be displayed in a different way and seen from a different perspective. That's awesome. And uh, that kind of ties into our idea of social entrepreneurship and sustainable entrepreneurship, where your business is taking something or doing something to help the community and help the world. And yours is, hey, don't take that uh, take that metal to the, the scrapyard or to the landfill. Like I can use that and I can repurpose that into something greater. 
which is awesome. Yeah, I love I love that aspect, and I also love that people appreciate it. And I've had a, when I do my instruments, I've had musicians come up and be upset with me, like they, right off the bat. We haven't had a conversation, but they're upset with me. They're like, "You've destroyed an instrument," or they'll like they'll be actually upset, and I'm like whoa, whoa. <laughs> hold up here. I didn't destroy it. Um, it was destined to be uh, gone to the scrap. I can guarantee you it was headed there. I would never use an instrument that was still functional. It's all unfunctional pieces that aren't being used anymore. And I give it, I've given it a second win. So instead of having it destroyed, I turned it into artwork. And then when they hear that, they usually <laughs> calm down quite a bit. But uh, it's it's so interesting the first gut reaction people have to my work. Well, that's awesome though, because again, it's showing uh, an emotional attachment to some of these pieces, which you want as an artist. You want to evoke emotion, uh, whether it be nostalgia or even sometimes anger. In some cases, you just want the the viewer to feel something when you look at something. Definitely, and I find they do. One of the things that I love about my work is that. Or one of the things I should say I say often is there's beauty and destruction. And that is what I do <laughs> to a lot of my pieces is I do take something and I cut holes into it and I turn it into something new, but the holes allow for the light to shine through. I've started to incorporate light, a lot of light into my work. And by taking things that no longer serve this piece, I'm able to transform it and create an entirely new meaning to something that was not thought of before. So I love being able to do that. And uh, not to sound too cliched when I say this, but it's the actual term where it's one man's treasure is a Jasmine's opportunity. <laughs> yes, yes, one man's joke. Yeah, I love that. It's so true. It's true. And uh, I, like I said, I have so many amazing supporters and customers. I'm so thankful for they see that vision as well. And they're willing to help me or or like, the, I've had customers who are like, we saw this on the side of the road, and we picked it up for you. And they bring it to me. I love it. It's the best. Since you just mentioned side of the road. So are there any times where you're driving around and again you see an object like an old metal object on the side of the road that just says free to a home or free junk essentially and do you take that opportunity to just see what's there or is it typically again people oh, are bringing you objects i have a good story for this <laughs> there was an empty lot beside my house where people would go and dump stuff sometimes okay so they would just leave their garbage there and i'd like i'd what would walk in behind this area and one day what do i see left there a rusty wheelbarrow. I am so excited. <laughs> I I almost run to this wheelbarrow. Like I pick it up. Um, this was in high school, so I had just broken my collarbone at this time, and I was walking with this sling on. I dragged this thing back to my dad's property <laughs> because I I wanted it so bad. And I told my dad, I'm like, that's my wheelbarrow. He's like, I don't want that thing, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so it was really funny. And I, I took it and I instantly knew what I wanted to do, a floral design on it with the, um, some really interesting, delicate patterns in, intertwined in it. And I did it and then I painted it and I had it at a show and I sold that wheelbarrow. Um, that was one of my big first big pieces I sold for 1800. So that was a really cool experience. Like just from start to finish, I remember being in high school at the time and selling that piece for that amount of money. And then 
all of a sudden my dad was like what wait a second maybe you can be an artist <laughs> you know what i mean because there had been such a stigma about about the starving artist and never making it as an artist and that all of this external pressure like everyone had been very supportive but i would say like you face it as an artist people are like oh that's a cute hobby you know or that's a really nice thing you got going on like they don't really think of it as a a bit like business opportunity that's why i wanted to go to school and establish myself in that as well but my dad had said at that time he's like you made me a believer in art because i started to realize people really appreciate what you do and they're willing to pay for it which was really important to him not obviously i'm i'm in business i w want to make money so i can have a good life yes money is important because it can provide you things and resources but for me that's not my number one motivation but for other people i know that that can be but um just him seeing that whole process of you know me finding something and turning it into something else and people willing to buy that it made him a believer and it. it was like i don't know that was a big deal for me because like i said my dad was my first mentor and him being able to acknowledge and see there is value in art even though he before may have not thought the same so he changed his mindset around art and artists in general so that makes me very happy <laughs> What advice would you give to younger entrepreneurs that are scared to take the first step in creating their business? My best piece of advice is there's going to be so much fear. <laughs> there is going to be so many things that are scary and new and uh, you don't know about yet. But the only thing that will will cure that is to take action. So take the first step if you feel that's what's right for you pursue it because you are the only one who can determine what you do with your future and the time you're given here and get feedback on it good or bad um, I think one thing that stops people like it's the fear right it's the fear of what's someone gonna say about this I, I face that all the time with my art because it's literally beauty is in the eye of the beholder right so when people are looking at my work some people love some people don't and that's that just has to become okay what you need to focus on is the customers who love your product or service whatever you're doing focus on them and give provide them with a good service or with a good product and then they will tell people about you and help you i think there's so much power in listening to what other people actually have to say that would be my advice and that's some pretty good advice as well and then going off that, um, you mentioned, I think uh, from high school, you took part in a pitch competition and that won you money to use to develop your business, correct? Yes. All right, awesome. So right then and there, there's competitions that, you know, if you have an idea, then you can enter one of these competitions and pitch it. And then maybe that $1,000 they give you can be then put forward towards your business for marketing or development, however you want to use it. Yes, there's so many resources, grants, things out there for people to be able to apply for. I think we have so many opportunities, 
you just have to find them. If you're willing to work for them and find them, you will be successful in whatever you pursue. And but I also want to put in there being open-minded to being able to pivot your your business. If you're finding feedback from people is saying you you've created X and they're really interested in, but they want. X and Y, you know what I mean? Like they want it with this, or they would be more interested if you were doing this. Listen to those people because those are people who are going to buy if you create that idea or create that part of it.、Um, because what you want may be much different than what your customer wants, and that's for commissions all the time. <laughs> yeah, just be open to listening to what people have to say about about your business, but. Also, negative feedback don't or or positive even don't let it go too much to your your head. I'm talking about specifically about your product. You've asked for feedback on something, not just someone's come up and be like that will never work because there will be people who will say that. Don't listen to those people. They're not even your target customers. They're not your target market. You want to listen to your target market and what they actually want and what their needs are, what their problem is that needs a solution. You're the person. With the solution, so yeah, absolutely, and that customer feedback as well is kind of how a business gets developed and how you learn from mistakes or how you improve your services. Essentially, it's you have to ask those questions and be willing to listen. And even if it is、uh, negative feedback, you have to say, "All right, cool. So this is critical feedback that I can take and improve myself with." Yeah, I love that critical feedback. Just because we are on the topic of, you know, what would you say、uh, to younger entrepreneurs?、Uh, I kind of want to flip this because you are, you are kind of in a trade. Essentially,、uh, you have trade training, and it's still kind of a male-dominated industry. So, for the young ladies out there and women out there,、um, what would you say to them if they had an interest in the trades but were kind of scared to get in there? Don't be scared. <laughs> I know that's that's pretty blunt, but don't ever let that even be a thought in your mind. Please, don't ever let it be a thought in your mind that oh, because I'm a woman, maybe I shouldn't pursue that. Sorry to be blunt, but f that way of thinking. That's in the past. That's gone. Okay, we don't think that way anymore. Women can do anything that they want to do and pursue. So if you're thinking of getting into a trade, do it. Like who? Is to stop you. If it's what makes you happy, go for it. There's no no reason to not.、Um, I I remember when I took metal shop in grade twelve. I was the only girl in the class. I didn't care. That we will move on to our final question. It's kind of like the closing question we ask everyone that's on the show, and that is, what does entrepreneurship mean to you? So entrepreneurship, to me, means turning a dream into reality. I think entrepreneurs are visionaries, and they're people who see opportunities and problems. They look at something that someone is struggling with. And they say, "I can fix that," <laughs> or "I can make this process better." I, I can do something to help. I think entrepreneurs are really looking at how to improve the world and how to make it more efficient, or how to make it better, or, or create a, a unique experience for people. There's so many different ways to be an entrepreneur. So many different businesses you could run. 
but I think it's the people, it's a very unique breed of people who look at problems as opportunities. Where the average person or would only see annoyances or, or a problem, like they wouldn't be able to look past that, you know what I mean? So I think that is what entrepreneurship means to me. All right, and that's going to do it for today's episode. Jasmine, thank you so much for being on today's show as our guest. It was really great talking to you and and e-meeting you digitally. Um, So where can people find your products if they're interested? You can go to my website. It's jasminesmetalart.com, and you'll be able to view my full portfolio and also find my e-commerce site through that store. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show, and hopefully we can have you again in the future. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Thank you once again to Jasmine for being on today's show. If you're a Durham College student that's interested in starting your own business or getting involved with the DC and Actus team, then please reach out to the Fast Start email, faststartdc at durhamcollege.ca or our Enactus email, hello at enactusdc.com. If you had a question you want us to tackle on the show, then please comment it on one of our The Shift Podcast social media posts, or DM us on the Fast Start DC social media platforms. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next shift.